What's up, y'all? I'm Amber, a.k.a. Ambie, and this is Ambiguity with Ambie, an interview podcast where I speak to guests who have encountered countless spaces and moments of ambiguity and uncertainty to discover and learn from how they navigated it. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, y'all? And welcome back to another episode of Ambiguity with Ambie, where we discuss what it's like to navigate uncertainty, and ambiguity. I'm your host, Amber, a.k.a. Ambie. And today, I am joined by this amazing man of God, this amazing man of faith. He is a confidence and fitness coach, a pro athlete, a college football coach. He's bilingual. Like, I can name all of the things. And on top of that, he is in his spare time getting his PhD. I'd like to welcome Jeff D. Green, the second to the podcast. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Amber. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I love what you're doing. I love the entire topic. And so I'm just really excited just to talk, just to have this conversation. I love talking about this. I love navigating these spaces. It's something that I've had to do a lot of my life. You know what I'm saying? So if there's anything I could ever say that will help somebody or will spark something, then I'm all for it. Like I said, I love these conversations and it's what I feel called to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's what I feel called to do, speaking and reaching people and helping them in any way that I can, really just trying to be after that servant's heart. So again, thank you for having me on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you for being here. So we've had the opportunity to kind of connect and get to know each other a little bit. But for our audience that maybe are just now being introduced to Jeff D. Green the second, Can you tell them a little bit about yourself? Of course, of course. So I graduated in 2017 from The Ohio State University. And oh, from oh, there, hey. <laughs> I.O., there we go. Hey. We here, we here. So from then on, I majored in neuroscience and minor in engineering sciences. And then I did a gap year, a lot of self-exploration, mm. self-discovery there. I ended up starting my PhD in cognitive and brain sciences. That's my specialization. And that all kind of came, it's crazy, but that came out of ambiguity. Believe it or not, mm -hmm. I really didn't know what I was going to do, what the next move was. And it was like, okay, well, this is a safe next step, you know, because I don't have any jobs lined up, but at least I know what the next four to five years look like. You know, it's crazy how that kind of happened. But so I did that. And in the midst of doing that, I picked the saxophone back up. I let it sit for a little bit. So I'm also a musician, you know, playing inside and outside of Columbus, being able to travel a little bit with that. So that's cool. And using my research and my knowledge, uh, kind of parlayed that into becoming a mind-body transformational coach. I'm big mm -hmm. about the mind. I'm also big into fitness and just taking care of the body. Our body is a temple, you know, and we're instructed Absolutely. to take care of that. Specifically in the areas, as far as the mind that I have struggled with, you know, when I was going through my lows, especially confidence, you know, confidence, habit formation, thought patterns, you know, self-belief, all of that stuff. That is the stuff that I really work through and give people ways to transform that, you know, instantly. That's the big thing. And then, yeah, I also play professional football. I went over to Germany to play in 2021. That was my first year going pro. And it was amazing. You basically get paid just to travel around. You know what I'm saying? It's a dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, those are a few things that describe Jeff Green. 
Awesome. So thank you for sharing that with us. But I want the audience to get to know you a little bit better. So we're going to dive into the segment of the show that I like to call Fast Five. And we talked about it. I'm still working on getting my horn. For the thing. So I'm going to give you the manuals. <laughs> so in Fast Five, I generally am going to ask you like some kind of either or question or random question just for us to get to know you a little bit better. And feel free to answer whatever comes to mind. If there's a little explanation behind it, feel free to let us into your thought process. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Let's do it. Awesome. So you mentioned about the importance of keeping the body right, mind, body, like the full being, right? So with you being a fitness coach, do you lean towards cardio or weights? What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Oh, weights. Weights easily, easily. Yeah, I always do weights. I was never a big cardio person so like if it's like you know we're hooping and you know running up and down the court like yeah. i'll do that for sure but i used to hate like in pe like when we had to run the mile you know what i'm saying or do the pacer test like i would get like that feeling in my stomach like that's how much i hated it you know i did not like <laughs> cardio but if we were like getting time for the 100 or the 200 or whatever like yeah i'm yeah. all about that stuff but no weights i prefer because i don't know when i do that i'm in my own world I'm, mm. I'm getting out all the stress of the day or the week oh out in a very, you know, beneficial, yeah, conducive way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it just feels good. Releasing those endorphins that way feels good to me. That's what's up. That's what's up. So you in here, you hitting the ways. Are you listening to music or podcasts? Oh, so actually I've done a little bit of both. It's, so it's usually going to be music. It's usually okay. going to be music. But when I have it, done as much self-education that week as I know I should have done. I'll have like an <laughs> audiobook playing. And I was worried about that at first. I'm like, I won't get the same pump. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I need that. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's weird. Like it works. Because of course the music will stimulate areas of your brain that will, you know, energize your body. But I found that like educating yourself in a way that is very productive in a way that's very beneficial to you accomplishing your goals that also is a release of dopamine that also energizes the body. And so it, like, it still works. I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. That's what's up. You had me like checking out some audio buttons. Well, yeah. 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 Okay, so you hit these weights and maybe this time you got yourself education in. You got it in for the week. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to listen to some music. And you can only listen to one artist for the rest of the year which one artist are you listening to common mm-hmm. that's my favorite rapper he is because oh. inside and outside of the booth who he is that's why he's my favorite rapper he's so conscious he's for his people his community he's humble and he's existed in multiple you know decades like it was with, you know, the original crew, like in the 90s Definitely and the 2000s. And even, you know, now in 2022, he's still making new music, still making collaborations. And he's intentional. He has a heart behind what he's doing. And you can hear it in his music. I mean, his beats are nice, too. So that's definitely who I would phone. That's what's up. That's what's up. I love that. Coming is amazing. So you in the gym, you got your time and going. And, you know, the thing that always messes up any playlist is when something comes through on your phone, 
a call or a text. So for you, when you're communicating or somebody's communicating with you, what do you prefer, call or text? Ooh, so I am not the best texter in the world. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I always try and tell people that. So I, I think I definitely prefer call just because I'm able to show up better. You know what I'm saying? I'm able to have that direct yeah. communication with text. I'm not always on my phone, so I may see it, boom, respond, go back to whatever, you know, things that I'm doing for the day. And then I won't see the next one for like a few hours, which is bad. I know but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the truth. I'm trying to be transparent. So, yeah. I appreciate the transparency. You know, calls definitely force you to be a lot more singular focus on whatever it is that you're talking about or whoever it is that you're talking to. So with what you said, though, not always being on your phone, I imagine that sometimes you miss some texts or calls, which leaves the person feeling a little uncertainty. So the final mm. question of Fast Five, have you ever yourself experienced ambiguity or uncertainty? A hundred percent. A hundred percent in multiple areas of my life and at multiple different time points. So, of course, there's the uncertainty that came, you know, when COVID hit and uh, yeah. a lot of people were trying to navigate that. I was actually on a cruise when it happened. Right. So we left. This is spring break 2020. We left. Mm -hmm. I think it was like the end of the first week of March. Cruises were still operating. Yeah. We're on the, you know in the Caribbean Sea, I, I chose not to get the data package because I wanted to fully unplug and just, you know, be, enjoy myself. And so I didn't know what was going on. I get back and it's like the world is completely different. People are panic buying. The stores are, you know, empty. People are wearing masks and just like, it was just an uneasiness that was about everybody. And I'm just, you know, I'm still on cloud nine. I was Bahamas, you know, I got my, you know, I'm sun kissed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? So there was a lot of ambiguity with that. And one thing that I actually did that was really cool. I like to travel a lot and mm -hmm. I created a video. I got all my friends from different countries to create a, a submission. And I asked them to tell me what are things that they have learned throughout this COVID experience? Mm -hmm. What are the good and what are the bad? Right. And what's the in-between? Like, I want you to be real. I want all sides of it. You know what I'm saying? What are you doing going forward? What are you taking from what you learned, whether it's good or bad? And how are you applying that to actually help you? And I did that to help other people. I made a collaboration of all of it. And it's cool. I had people from, you know, people who were from China, people who were from Bermuda, Spain, Germany, Brazil, just like all over. And it was really cool just to see everybody coming together, you know, in that space. <laughs> So I posted that for others, but that really helped me. Like I learned a lot from my friends at that point in time. So I mentioned that to say, like, of course, COVID was definitely a place of ambiguity, but I want to rewind even before then. I had a place of ambiguity in, in my life that was really, it was my pivot. It was my pivot, you know, my, my turnaround. Yep. So I'm in my senior year of undergrad at the Ohio State University. And undergrad was great. I had a great time, great experience very social person, extroverted, all that stuff. Yeah. And it's a huge university. So there's a lot of opportunities, you know, a lot of chances to meet different people. So I dealt with ANTS, what I call them, A-N-T, which is automatic negative thoughts. And it's something that can be a result of, you know, 
of our subconscious, you know, and subconscious, a lot of that forms from your first seven years of, of life. You're soaking up different things. And after those seven years, you're playing those things on repeat. You know what I'm saying? Whether they're doubts, whether they're fears, whether they're insecurities that you have learned, we learn all of these things. And so did, I would have that and I would have especially self-doubt. I would have feelings of inadequacy or not enoughness. I'd have feelings of, or I, that would lead to me, you know, having very low confidence, low self-esteem and trying to be a people pleaser, trying to get that affirmation mm. from other people. You know what I'm saying? Which is the worst thing I could have been doing. But, you know, I'm just trying, you know, trying to feel better at that time. And this was also the same time where I got rejected from every single PhD program. And so, of course, that just, you know, that felt great as well. <laughs> and uh, so I'm in this space feeling like I really don't have much of a direction. I'm mm -hmm. kind of losing my passion, my soul for life. You know, you, you yeah. hear it in my voice now, but like that wasn't there. I'm kind of like, we can get paralyzed in life solely from Absolutely. our thoughts. You know what I'm saying? And so I was True. in this stuck position. I didn't know what was going to happen next. I felt like I had so much potential. I'm like, God, you gave me so much potential, but like, it's like no doors are opening. Like I don't see anything, you know, any way for me to use it. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be here doing. You know what I'm saying? And so just waking up every morning, putting like so much weight on me and just going through the motion, you know, not living and flourishing and thriving. I was just existing and we were never supposed to be like that. There's something great about God's creation. Everything right, is growing, you know what I'm saying? Or it has its stages of growing, you know, whether it's plant, right, or grass, even weeds, right? Everything is growing, right? If yep. it's an animal, it's growing. Humans, right? Our cells are literally multiplying, right? All the time. At crazy rates. We are constantly growing. Look at the universe, right? It's actually growing at a steady, constant rate. Everything is expanding, right? So there's a reason why it feels bad when you don't grow or you stay mm -hmm. stagnant or you do the opposite and you shrink down. You're literally going against the grain of the universe of God's creation. You know what I'm saying? So there's a reason why it feels bad when you are stuck and when you're not growing. Everything was made to grow. Everything was made to stretch. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I was. I was in this stuck place. And if, if all of these negative beliefs, right, were coming from an external source, negative thoughts, negative opinions, boom, I could have localized it. Nora's coming, you know, exit out. I'm good. Absolutely. These were coming from within. I didn't know why. I didn't know where, I didn't know the root, you know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and when you don't know that, then you continue to think them. As you continue to think them, you get more and more detail with each lie. The more and more detailed it is, the more likely you're able to associate that with truth. And when you yeah. do that over and over, it becomes a belief. Once it's a belief, it's playing over and over in your head. I'm not enough, you know? And then you begin to project it, like what you think other people think about you. So any new mm -hmm. introduction, I'm always thinking like, like, what did I do wrong or, you know, even like yeah. with relationships not being enough for this person or, you know what I'm saying? Like it literally affected every single aspect of my life to where I was shrinking down. You know what I'm saying? It really, yeah. it really affected me. And like, that's no way to live because it, it affects every area of your life. Like I said, the friendships, the relationships, your career, yeah. what you want to do. My relationship with God, starting putting idols before God, like there was a bad space. And so this is fall of my senior year. And if you ask anybody, any of my friends, any of my classmates from back then, nobody would have really known because I, I knew how to, you know, cover it up. I knew how to Absolutely. put a mask on. Put on the mask. Exactly. And uh, 
I did a really good job of doing that, but uh, that only made it worse because the, it, ooh, I'm out of preach. The enemy works in two <laughs> ways, right? The enemy it works. We're going to pass the collection plate. Listeners, get okay. ready. It's coming okay. up. <laughs> Let's do it. The enemy works in ignorance and secrecy, right? Mm. Ignorance, when you don't Love know that. the truth, right? There's two things. There's yeah. fact and there's truth. Fact is, yeah, you did this thing in the past. Fact is, yeah, you fell short here. Fact is, yada, 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 all of these things, right? Truth is, I'm free and forgiven what I did in the past. Truth is, I am more than a conqueror. Truth is, I am the head and not the tail. You know what I'm saying? Greater is within me than he that is within me. That's truth, right? So when we operate in ignorance, we're giving way to these facts. Yeah, they happen, but that's not true. You know, that's the difference. So that's one way. Other way is secrecy. When we keep things bottled in, we keep it dark. We're not shedding light on it. That's when it begins to fester. That's when it begins to grow. You know what I'm saying? That's when we give the enemy power. And a lot of the times that happens through our mind, through our mental. The mind is one of the greatest gifts that we've been given. And so that's why the enemy attacks so often, so often. And that's exactly where I was. Everything in every direction, right? I'm looking at it in just such a pessimistic, negative way, such a negative self-view that I had. The self-love was not there. You know what I'm saying? So I get funded to do research in Bermuda at this point in time. So this is October of 2016. Go to Bermuda and it's kind of cool because it's kind of a break from reality. Um, It's one of the most beautiful places I've seen. Pink sand and blue water. Everywhere you go, it's like postcard worthy. You know, it's amazing. And so we're in this tropical paradise but we're in a conference and we're like, you know, we got to go out and experience this. So it's day three Absolutely. at this point. I'll never forget this day, October 6, 2016. Day three, the big conference, they had these big windows that overlooked the, the hotel pool, overlooked these long line of palm trees, which then overlooked the ocean and just shimmering in the sunlight, right? It's just amazing. So I taught, there's me and another guy who got funded to go out to Bermuda to present research. And I was like, hey, man, like, we got to go out and experience this. So it's like halfway through the conference for that day. And we kind of snuck out, went up to our hotel room, got our trunks on, went down to the lobby and took a private hotel shuttle bus down to the beach without any of our mentors seeing us. Boom. We're like, cool, we got it. So we're down at the private beach and it's cool. It's beautiful. There are a lot of like kids and families and everything running around. It was really busy. So mm-hmm. we went on a little walk and we walked one beach over a little bit more remote not nearly as many people. And we just kept walking. I was like, Yo, let's see what else there is. And so we kept walking even another beach over. This one was a lot further away, completely remote, not an eyesight or earshot, anybody or anything. And we're like, cool, yo, this is just us. And we're just chilling. So we're sitting on the shore, letting the waves, you know, run up on us. And as we're, spe- we're talking, two guys from the conference, we see them in the distance. As they got closer, we recognize them. There are two guys that we met on the first night. One was from Madison. One was from USC. And so they came, they joined us. We're chopping it up, having a great time. As all four of us are there talking, I look out into the water, into the Mm -hmm. ocean. I see this large rock in the middle of the water. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but I looked at them and I was like, hey, y'all, let's let's go swim out to that. They were like, cool. (laughs) So nobody thought it was a bad idea. So we all get in the water and we start swimming. Now, on this particular day, on October 6, 2016, uh, the Caribbean Sea was especially choppy, like very, very violent. The waves were were pretty crazy that day. And so as we're swimming, 
you know, we're kind of getting beaten and battered by the waves getting out there, which I didn't think it would, you know, be that bad. And I consider myself to be a strong swimmer. I always tell my friends that my dad, he made sure that me and my siblings were going to break the stereotype. He would literally have like a, we'd rent like a cheap boat on vacation. You'd have me and my siblings jump in the water, have my mom drive the boat down like the river or the lake, and we'd have to swim back to the boat. You know what I'm saying? So like, (laughs) he wasn't playing. He He wasn't wasn't playing. playing. He was serious. Right. Right. So I consider myself to be a strong swimmer. So take that into account. And these waves are still just, you know, this just beating us and battering us. So we finally get to this rock. Now, let me describe this rock. This rock had a sharp incline at the front of it, right? But it had jagged edges that were protruding from it, sharp, jagged edges. The sides and the back were both like steep drop off, right? So we couldn't get up that. The only way up was a sharp incline. Jagged edges, jagged protrusions. So we, you know, cutting our hands, cutting our feet. But we get up to the top and we're like, wow, like this is amazing. It was definitely worth it. We're looking out at the rest of the Caribbean Sea. We're looking back at the shore, just the sun, the palms. Everything is amazing. We're like, wow, like we are really out here in Bermuda. And just having a great time taking it all in. As time is going, it's getting closer and closer to the, we had to be, there's an appointment that we had at 5 p.m. Everybody had mm-hmm. to be there. It was mandatory. All right, but we couldn't get in trouble with our mentors. So we're like, we got to find a way to get back to the shore. We hadn't thought this far, of course, right? The goal was to right. get there. We got there. We hadn't thought this far. <laughs> We are trying to figure out what's the best way to get off the rock. We didn't realize, but as time was going on, the waves became more violent and the tide was rising higher and higher. And so we're like, we're kind of stuck up here because we didn't want to jump off like the sides Mm -hmm. of the back because you could see as, you know, it's clear blue water. So you could see on the the floor of the ocean around the rock, there were rocks there, right? But you didn't know how far away it was from the surface of the rock jumping in. We went down the front, you know, if you slipped, that's your whole side, your whole body, you know, get scraped up. Like that's, you don't want that. You, you don't want to be bleeding in the ocean either. Oh <laughs> you don't want that. Right. And so we were kind of stuck. So we waited like another 15 minutes, just kind of, you know, brainstorm for how to do that. As we did that, the waves are rising even more, becoming more and more violent, which sounds like a bad thing, but it actually helped us out because the guy from Madison, he was like, if we wait for the wave to crash against the rock and then go the opposite direction, we can jump in with the wave when it's at its highest point. And then it'll carry us away from the rock. We're kind of like, I mean, I guess nobody had any better ideas. So that's what we did. We let him go first. And so he's, he's sitting there at the edge Natural. of the rock. <laughs> of course, of course. He's sitting at the edge of the rock, right? Getting ready to jump off the left side, the drop off. Mm-hmm. Because the waves and the tide was rising, the drop off was becoming less and less and less, which is a good thing. So the wave crashed against the rock. As it crashed, he jumped in with the wave and it carried him away from the rock. And yeah. he's swimming back. He's making it. We're like, okay, cool. Like, this is doable. Bet. So that was the guy from Madison. The guy from USC, he goes next, right? He's timing it. Wave crashes against the rock. It starts to go the opposite direction. He jumps in with the wave. It takes him. Then I'm next. I'm sitting there at the edge of the rock, timing it. I get in. I'm swimming. I'm good, right? But if you remember, there's four of us. Yeah. We get to the shore, and I look back, and I see my buddy from OSU. He's still at the rock. He's saying stuff. We can't really hear what he's saying, though. It's too far away. And the waves are too noisy. And so we're like, somebody got to go back and get this guy. You know what I'm saying? So the guy yeah. from USC was like, I got it. I got it. He swims, gets halfway, and it's just, you know, getting just, you know, destroyed by the waves. He swims back. So I couldn't do it. I'm like, well, somebody got to get him. So I was like, I guess I'll go. I'll go get him. So I swam. This time it took me like twice as long to get to the rock just because of how violent oh my the wave goodness. I get to the bottom of the rock. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm looking up at him, right? I'm holding on to the bottom. I'm looking up at him. He's on like the sharp incline. And I'm trying to like convince him to just jump in, just trust your body. Like I'm trying to coax him to get in the rock. Like we have to get to this thing. And I'm like, bro, you have to. And I'm like mid-sentence. And I'm, as I'm mid-sentence, this large wave from my left comes and just crashes on top of me. And it drags my body against the rock, right? So it's scraping up my side and my arms. And it drags me underneath the surface of the water, right? And so I get back to like the surface of the water eventually. And I didn't even get a chance to inhale to like catch my breath. So I'm yeah. already out of breath. And at this time, an even larger wave from my right comes. And this one completely engulfs me. It's one of those waves that drags you down underneath the water. And you're doing, so I'm mm-hmm. doing like somersaults underneath the water. It drug me down and away from the rock. Around the rock was pretty shallow, but away from the rock, that's where it got deep. You know, it was like a drop off. Yeah. And so uh, I have no idea what direction is up, down, left or right. I have no oxygen in me before that even happened. And yeah. naturally I start to panic. You know what I'm saying? Eventually I level out. I get an orientation of what's up. And so I'm swimming literally for my life, stroke after stroke, trying to break the surface of the water. Yeah. And there's nothing. Another stroke. I'm reaching. Nothing. Another stroke nothing right at this point i'm starting to lose hope at this point i'm like if i can't get it in this next stroke then i'm ready to just open up my mouth and take in water you know what i'm saying just kind of get it over with i had nothing left i was at the end of myself i was spent and uh, that's a scary feeling that was my first and only near-death experience and they say when you experience a near-death experience your life flashes before your eyes and that is true you know what i'm saying and not the entire life but they're like highlights of my life And in that space and time, it was slow motion, but it was fast at the same time. And when I look back on that story, it's like in that point in time, I'm stuck in the middle of the water, just trying to breathe, just trying to get air, just trying to get oxygen. I realized how unsatisfied and unfulfilled I was with my life, how there was so much left undone. I knew God had so much for me to do. But it would never be actualized. It would never be realized because, you know, this is literally about to be in my last seconds on earth. You know what I'm saying? You know, who's going to be the big brother to my little brother who, you know, at this time was getting ready to enter in high school and, you know, needed that role model. That's a very pivotal point. What was the last thing I said to my family members, to my sisters, to my parents, you know, who was going to be the one that found my body, you know, floating in the sea? What legacy did I have to leave behind? And that's the one that really ate me up. That tortured me. Mm. Because there was none. I had wow. nothing to show for. Yeah, you know, I had some good times with my friends. And, you know, Jeff is a cool guy, fun guy, all that stuff. But, like, that's, yeah. that's nothing. You know what I'm saying? I had nothing substantial that I left behind. And so, ugh, it's crazy. So, at that point in time, it's almost like a sick feeling. And I'm still right. I just want to fight for my life. But I'm like, I'm done. I'm giving up. I'm surrendering to the water open up my mouth to, to inhale, to just take in, take in the, the water. And at that point in time, that is when the, my middle finger like broke the surface of the water. So wow. I, I kept my mouth closed and I like, you know, just like one more, I like hoisted myself up above the water and I'm like hyperventilating. I'm hysterical. I'm like panicking, looking around where the rock was. I swim over to the rock at this point. I don't care about the sharp edges. Like I climb yeah. up it and my friend, is looking at me as if he's like seeing a ghost. He's like shocked. He's like, the amount of time that you were underneath that water, like I thought you were gone. 
Wow. And I still couldn't process everything because right, there's just so much adrenaline running through my body, all of that stuff. But yeah. it's true. Like, it doesn't make sense for me to be able to be here right now to tell this story. Just the amount of time that I was only like, I shouldn't have survived that. Only reason that I would have survived that is if God is like, I'm not done with you. If God is like, I have some more work for you to do. I have things planned out for you. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so I didn't realize this the next day or the day after that. It was probably like the week later where I was able to process everything. And I realized that like my near-death experience was really my wake-up call. This was God wow. giving me my second chance. You know what I'm saying? My second chance at life, my second chance to get this thing right. And uh, to, I don't want to leave y'all on like a cliffhanger. Like eventually, I don't know what got into my friend, but he was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to just do it. And he jumped in the water. He wasn't like a super great swimmer, but he jumped in the water and he was swimming. I literally followed him. I didn't have time to think. I, again, I was I still hadn't processed right. everything. So I jumped in the water and I was following him and we got to the shore. We got to our event at, you know, 5 p.m. Everything was cool. But like I said, it was a week later where I really processed everything. I was able to sit with my feelings, my emotions, my memories of everything that had happened. And uh, that's when I was like, I got to turn this around. I can't be playing games anymore. I got to remove these idols that I have before Christ. I got to, you know, center myself in the word and my relationship with God. I got to get back control of my thought life. I got to get back control of my emotions. I got to get back control of my habits. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I started to be really intentional because I'm in the perfect major for this. I'm studying neuroscience, the way that our brains work. You know what I'm saying? So I started using that to transform my life. I started reading more, right? I started listening to the thought leaders in the transformation, self-help, self-development sector, all of that stuff. And slowly but surely, I start changing and transforming my life. And it's like feeling good. And I'm seeing the change and I'm feeling the change. I'm experiencing the change. Other people are even noticing it. Like it was an amazing feeling. I'm like, this stuff really works. And so I'm like, this is so good, though. I don't want to keep it for myself. I want to spread this to other people. You know what I'm saying? And so that was really the birth of me becoming a mind-body transformation coach, speaking in the areas that I had experienced, probably my lowest of lows in, but how I came from that to where I am right now. That was a huge area of ambiguity, but it was really the wake-up call that that got me out of it. But the wake-up call you know, that's not going to be enough. Like you still have to be intentional with following through. You know what I'm saying? You still have to, because after that, I knew I wanted to be a coach, but then there's like, what do I really know? Like, do I have the credentials? What are people going to think? Are they going to take me seriously? Fear, doubt, all of that wants to start to creep in again. You have to just walk. You have to just take the step. You have to take the step of faith. You know what I'm saying? Let God take care of the rest. Because like, if you only do what you can see, you're not going to get anywhere. Sometimes you have to take that leap of faith. And there's one thing that I said that when I said when I was underneath the water, I said that I was at the end of myself, right? I was fully spent. That's Mm -hmm. the key, though. It's like Mm -hmm. it's not till we get to the end of ourselves. That's when we get to the beginning of God. You know what I'm saying? I'm this whole point, I'm relying on my own power, my own strength, my own will, right? Yeah. And it's only taking me to where it has taken me, which is nowhere, right? You know, so after this experience, and I'm like, you know, God, like you've got it. Use me however it is in your will. Because I'm the same way as you were. I I needed to have my ducks in a row. I needed to know how everything's going to happen, when it's Mm going to happen, in what way it's going to happen, right? Once I was like, God, I'm giving you the wheel, right? I'm not even going to be in the passenger seat. I'm going to be in the back seat. Like you take it. You know what I'm saying? Use me how you want to use me, right? That door started opening. But again, you still have to be intentional. You still have to be obedient. 
And you just have to take the step of faith, take the leap of faith, right? Whatever it is that you feel called to do, you know what I'm saying? You just have to do it. There's so many things that we could overthink, so many different reservations that we can have, right? But the reason why I created like a brand is called Shift and underneath it it says, why not me? That means like somebody's got to be the first to do something. Somebody's got to be the first to be great at this or somebody's got to be first to, you know, make a change in this world or impact or whatever. Why not you, right? Instead of asking, why would it be me? Why would, you know, this work? Why wouldn't it work, right? We got to shift the perspective. Once we do that, you realize the possibilities are limitless. So yeah, so that's a little bit, there's so much to the story, but I just wanted to give like a sneak peek into my season of uncertainty, my season of ambiguity, and kind of how I was able to get through that. And it's really just being intentional, being obedient to my gifts. You know, your gifts will make room for you and removing the self-doubt and placing that with self-love, placing that with self-belief. And it's easier said than done, but there's multiple different tactics and methods I had to undergo, put into practice every single day to get to that point to where it started to become more and more natural. Wow. 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 So that is so amazing. You shared so many amazing nuggets in there. Even before getting into the story, the acronym AND, like that automatic negative thought situation and the concept that it's a part of the subconscious and actually started from early years. Like, when you were initially in those formative stages and the rejection that you encountered. And even this portion that you mentioned about like knowing you have the God-given potential, like not even having the question there, but knowing that, but not necessarily understanding how to navigate what that truly means. And then the stagnant, the growth, like there was so much there. And then the story, like so many So many moments of just direction that maybe you didn't even know was necessarily yours. Like this concept of this rock being highlighted and this thought of going out to the rock and all of these things like being willing to kind of step into the unknown across the board, walking over one beach and then another beach. You didn't know what was down there. Seeing the rock, you didn't know how difficult it was really going to be to get there. Being willing to climb the rock. Like, there's so much there in terms of just kind of the willingness to explore the unknown, not to mention all of the self-discovery that came in this story. And then the concepts about being intentional that you added on the back end. There was so much there that you shared. But I want to ask you, in particular, for some of those listeners that maybe have been struggling with those ants. Ah, I just love that. With those ants or struggling to figure out like, okay, what does it mean to be intentional about changing this or moving towards whatever it is that I know I have the potential to be? What kind of pointers could you give for them to navigate that space? Conceptually, I would assume, and we know what they say about assumptions, but conceptually, I would assume that you need to work through the ants in order to truly get to that place where you can fully navigate the potential that you have intentionally. Mm, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. 
So there are a lot of people who are, I guess, high functioning with ants. You know what I'm saying? That's how I was. You're still, you know, doing what you're supposed to be doing, but those automatic negative thoughts still, you know, rear their ugly head or still present themselves. However, you are definitely correct where you can be doing what you're supposed to be doing, but if you want to get to the level that you know you can get to, right? If you want to reach that potential that you know you have, those ants will easily hold you back because they will stop you. They'll make you second guess. They'll change your self-belief system, right? And giving into that is only going to hinder yourself, right? So what you have to do is, I mean, there's multiple different things. One that I underwent was root cause therapy. Finding the root of it, finding the root of it, right? So these ants, let's look at them like weeds. Mm -hmm. These weeds are growing. And a lot of times what we do is we'll kind of just chop them off at the head or even maybe at the stem, right? Thinking that we did a good job and they're gone. They're gone for a day or maybe for half a day or maybe for a few hours or maybe we even got them gone for like a week, right? But then something happens in our environment, right? Mm -hmm. Something changes, something occurs to where, boom, it's right back. And it's right back there. And it's even stronger this time. It's growing even faster this time. You know what I'm saying? What we have to do is we have to get to the root of that automatic negative thought. So here's we can always do that because we didn't always think that thought. We're not born into the world with insecurities and self-doubt. Look at a baby. A baby's not insecure. A baby could be naked and just and just enjoy a life. You know what I'm saying? Really afraid. It's, it's not worth, yeah, at all. No insecurity. The baby doesn't worry about how did I come off to this person? A toddler doesn't worry about what do they think? Of, you know what I'm saying? Like we're yeah. not born with that. So our natural innate state is to be confident, right? Is to have that self-confidence and know who we are. So good. Yeah. So realizing that there's always a point to where that shift of thinking in a negative way occurred. We have to go back to that and we have to find it, right? So we have to get that weed at the root, at the root of where it started. Once we get to the root, that's where the magic happens, right? We're able to look at it and we're able to look at it in a very realistic manner and realize that it's not logical at all. All of these things are rooted in an illogic, you know, negative, false thing that we have fed ourselves. Again, it could be through, you know, our worldview. It could be through our experiences, you know, any of that, any of that. And once we do that, we can't just uproot it and realize this is illogic. This really isn't rooted in any type of truth when I look at it head on. You know what I'm saying? When it's clouded and I can't really see where it's coming from. Yeah, of course, we'll believe it. When we look at the root, the base, the foundation of it, it's like, I can't believe I was given into this this whole time. You know what I'm saying? And it's, so there's a lot of power in that. However, you can't just do that. You actually have to then replace it, replace it mm. with truth, right? Yeah. So we're removing this deep rooted lie that has really been running a lot of our lives, right? Once we get to the foundation of that, there's a whole process to do that, which I actually help people do. Once we get to the foundation of that, we're able to uproot it. You replace it with the truth, right? And you allow that truth to then take the place way back in the past, wherever that lie originally started, you allow it to, that truth to take place and that truth begins to grow, right? And you reiterate it every single day. Our brains are creatures of habit. They work on repetitions. It's like a, it's like a computer. Our brains are uh, supercomputers, right? The more times you write in a line of code and execute it, the, the stronger that line of code becomes, right? So same yeah. way with our brains, the more times we go over something, the quicker and the stronger those neural connections that form that thought become. Quicker and stronger those connections are, the, wire, the neurons that fire together, wire together, the easier it is to access that thought. Easier it is to access that thought, then it becomes a belief. You know what I'm saying? Then yeah. it becomes our truth. 
And that's what begins to rule our lives. So as you're taking this thing and you're completely debunking it, right? And you're replacing it with something that actually is. And you're allowing that to be something that then is allowing you to, you know, whatever it is you're called to do, whatever you're supposed to be doing. Now you have things in your mind that are propelling you forward instead of holding you back. And the freeing thing is like the thing that was holding you back, like it was never true in the first place. You know what I'm saying? So it's such a relief that you're able to get rid of that and just replace it with truth. So that's been very, very freeing for me. And there's multiple different techniques for that, but that's one that I do really like. Awesome. 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 Well, as I stated before, you have given us so many nuggets. And even if people don't have the same near-death experience, there's so much of your story that each of us can relate to in the concept of stepping out into the unknown. And maybe it's not a wave hitting us in the true sense of your story, but maybe it's that anxiety or that stressor or that insert thing here that's pulling us under that has us just gasping for air, fighting to get to the top of it. For any of our listeners, for myself that are experiencing some of those same things as we are facing ambiguity or uncertainty, do you have any final advice that you would give us in terms of navigating those spaces of life? A hundred percent. I think the root of all of it is identity. Knowing who you are, whose you are, and where you are rooted. You know what I'm saying? That is the foundation of truth right there. If you don't have an idea of who you are, anything in this world, anybody in this world can say something that could sway you, that could completely make you look at yourself in a different light, in a way that's not true, in a way that's hindering, in a way that's paralyzing, in a way that's crippling, right? You know who you are. You know what you're about. You know what you're capable of. You know where you come from. You know what I'm saying? All the things that are stored up in you Things can come from the left, things come from the right, right? But you're not going to give into them because you have already associated those with lies. Why would I consciously give into a lie? You're never going to do that. You know what I'm saying? When you know who you are, you are rooted in truth, right? And so, boom, the self-confidence comes from there. The self-love, knowing who you are, that comes from there, right? Right. Self-love then translates. When you have self-love, you do self-love. You do more things for you. When you do things for yourself, right, that builds the habit formation, right? So you're doing things for yourself. You're building the habit formation. You're treating yourself in a way that, because we often look at other people, like a younger sibling, and we would never, I mean, as, as a, you know, maybe as kids we would, but as adults, we would never look at them and say, no, even as kids, we would never say, you're not enough. You know what I'm saying? We would never say, you know, you're never going to make it to this point. You know, why don't you just stop right now? We would never say that to a loved one, Right. Yeah, we say that to ourselves every single day, right? So what does that say about our self-love? It needs some work. It's not there, you know what I'm saying? But when we have that identity, when we know who we are, right? It's a lot easier than to love ourselves. Again, when we love ourselves, we do things for ourselves. We're putting good habits into place. And not that only isn't just for like good habits as far as self-care, but that then will translate to other areas of life, good habits as far as, you know, getting things done at work, good habits in relationship, good habits in personal or self-development. You know what I'm saying? So it will constantly bleed into other areas of life in a very beneficial way. But I think the root of it all is identity. That's where it all comes from. You're solid in that. Like there's nothing really that can shake you. You already know, you know what I'm saying? A lot of the things that I've been talking about are coming from 
lies or looking at things in a skewed perspective, a wrong perspective. Absolutely. When you know who you are, you know, right? There's not anything that's going to shake that, deter it, or turn you in the opposite direction of who you are and where you're going, knowing what you've been put on this earth to do. It's identity then shapes purpose, right? Mm. Purpose, having purpose shapes self-actualization. Self-actualization mm-hmm. is basically you being who you were supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to do in this world. Self-actualization then shapes fulfillment. And fulfillment is the number one desire of every single human being in this world, right? It could be whether it's something as, you know, service of us, like the money, you know, love of money, wanting to be fulfilled by money or something as essential as love and relationship. Regardless of what it is, we all seek fulfillment. At the end of the day, that's the number one goal, right? But guess what? That fulfillment started with identity. Mm, that is so good. That is so good. And I know I said that was the last question, but this really is. the <laughs> Okay. Because you mentioned identity. And I think a lot of times it's a lot easier to figure out how to navigate stuff when you have an example. So as it relates to identity, final question. Who are you as it relates to your identity? Who is Jeff D. Green II? Mm, that's a great question. And I love that question. As it relates to me, I'm a vessel. I am one who searches and explores. I like doing life with people, if that makes sense. And so I'm someone who likes to be used in any way that I could help somebody, right? It might not be with the whole mind-body thing. It might be helping them push their car down the street, right? If I could be a vessel and used in that way, yeah, that's what I'm going to do right? Being a vessel in that way. I like the doing life with people. So that means if I am helping somebody, I'm not just going to do a session with them and be like, all right, like, you know, do like, no, like I want to build rapport. I want to build relationship. I want this to be real. And I think this just comes down to just being a, a vessel, but I'm also a seer. So that means that I, there are things that I see that aren't necessarily there yet, whether it's my future whether it's the potential of somebody, the potential somebody else has, I really like to see that. And I try to see the best in people, which oftentimes allows them to see the best in themselves that they weren't able to see. If I could put it down to the bare bones, I would think that describes who I am at the core the best. And I also want to include, because I don't ever want to put the depiction of like, I've got it all figured out. When I am a seer as well, let's look at it in the terms of being a searcher. I'm still searching too. You know, how can I be better? How can I do yeah. better? How can I oh. love better? You know what I'm saying? And my relationships and my friendships, how can I be there better? Right. So I'm a vessel, I'm a seer, but I'm also a searcher. I want to know more of what more can I do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How can I fix myself in this way, that way, and just be the person I know that I was meant to be? So that's probably, you know, a different way of answering that question. But again, when I'm breaking it down to the the most elemental stage, those are the three ways in which I see myself. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. You have dropped so many gems. You're an example and explanation of who you are was so rich and honest. And I know already beyond a shadow of a doubt, we, we talked about this at the beginning, but I know already beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's going to be so many people impacted and moved by all the things Mm. that you shared. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and being a part of this journey. 
for our listeners that want to connect with you beyond this? Because we already listed all the things that you do. My goodness. So for the people that want to connect with you beyond this, how can they find you? Yeah. So I'm very active on Instagram. It's Jeff D. Green. So it's G-E-O-F-F-D and then green spelled just like the color. I post a lot of you know, motivational videos, inspirational videos, fitness or workout videos. But I'm also, I'm very authentic with my platform. So you'll see me on there being goofy. Probably twice a week, you'll see me like being obsessed with Chipotle because I absolutely love Chipotle and I want the world to know it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very real on my platform. And then through that, I have a, a link tree that'll lead to my website. And it goes, and of course I'm updating it as we speak, but it goes into more of what I do on the coaching side and how you can get in contact with me that way or book an appointment with me just so we can have a strategy call. You know what I'm saying? You don't even have to worry about money or anything. What I want to do first is add value. So if there's something that's like, you know, I want to do the coaching, but I don't know what it's going to be like and all that stuff. Don't worry about that, right? Let me give you a roadmap, right? Let me just start you off on how you can accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Then if it makes sense for us to continue, then, you know, we'll do that. But I think the best thing first to do is, is to add that value. So yeah, you can access all of that through my website on the link tree, which is in the bio on Instagram. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. And very special thank you to all of the listeners that tuned in this week. I want to encourage you to explore who you are, explore mm. your identity, and Figure that out so you can stand in that firm footing, release those ants, and flow straight into that potential and purpose that you have. So until next time, continue to explore who you are, and we'll see you next time on Ambiguity with Bambi. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ambiguities with Amy. I'm your host, Amber Latrice, and I hope you enjoyed our discussion about navigating the uncertain and ambiguous parts of life. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. And if you'd like to help support the podcast, please be sure to share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at I am Amber Latrice. Thanks again. And until we connect next time, I encourage you to embrace the uncertain and ambiguous moments of life. Talk to you next time on Ambiguity with Ambie.